What's up, y'all? This is Tiny and Kelvin Smith. Running back DeAndre Torrey. Senior receiver Michael Lawrence. Senior guard DJ Draper. And you're listening to Bruni's Breakdown Podcast, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni. And with me, the man who's always sleeping, Colin Mitchell. These, these Colin, last, good morning. These last three days have been really rough. I don't know... If it's boredom that's getting to me, or I, I mean, my throat kind of hurts, but like I'm, I don't have the virus or anything. But man, let me just now, do, let me do this quick rundown real quick, just very quick rundown. Go, sure, go ahead. Thursday, you know, I get tired at like nine thirty. I go to sleep, wake up at eight in the morning on my own, take my dog out, come back inside. You know, I'm tired again. Get back in mm-hmm. bed, sleep mm-hmm. till five. Yep. P.M. Yep. Get out of bed. 9.30 comes rolling around. I'm kind of tired. I lay down on my bed just on my phone, fall asleep, wake up at 1, stay up to like 6, go back to sleep till That's 5. It. You know? Yeah, um, <laughs> it's that- See, mine was kind of messed up too for a while. Like I'd go to sleep at like 2 or 3, wake up at 10, then take a nap, then go to sleep even later. It kind of stacked up on each other, but I've never got to the point that you're at. You never – you just – you sleep at the worst times. Yeah, so – I I've, I've probably I've probably slept like 20 hours more than I've been awake these last three days. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been it's been weird. I'll, I'll agree with you there. It has been. But um, I the last three days I've spent basically just watching the draft. That's all I've been doing. I mm-hmm. spent um, Saturday got in the couch at 11. I brought a pillow with me to the couch so I could lay down um, you know, recline in, yeah. nicely yeah. and sat there for about seven hours nice you know 11 a.m to 6 p.m only took like a 30 minute nap in between but uh in the middle of there but everything else i was like i was good i was going the whole time and the seventh round oh for those of you who who may not be aware but we're going to title this podcast or whatever but uh this is going to be our our, uh, kind of our draft podcast i guess draft because yeah draft recap podcast thank you colin so north texas for the 16th year in a row did not have a player drafted in the nfl draft Again, the longest streak in FBS, in the FBS. Is it FBS right history, now. by the way? I'm, I'm I don't know. It's not. I don't think it's FBS history. That would but be crazy. it is the longest current streak in the FBS, which is pretty sad, pretty crazy when you think about it. And again, they did not have anyone drafted yesterday. Um, we're recording this on a Sunday, and here we are. We are. We have a lot of to talk about today, but we're going to keep it to a 20, 30 minute podcast because. Colin, it's 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 a sore subject for a lot of North Texas fans, I guess. Indeed. I can't really blame them. It's very frustrating to watch your guys put up very good seasons, historic seasons, really, and historic careers and not get drafted. So first, before we do anything else, I want to recap a night that I will never forget, or an evening, I guess I'll never forget, of that seventh round. So the seventh round kicks off. I'm like, all right, this is where I sit up in my chair. This is where I'm here. I'm like, all right, let's see. Ladarius Hamilton, Mason Fine. That's what I'm looking for. Who knows? Let's yeah. see it. I'm staying off Twitter so that way I can see. Um, see it real time. I can, yeah, see it real time. You know, be like, yeah, that's, those are my guys. You know, nice <clears> guys, <throat> great guys. I want them to get drafted. And at this point, I tweeted out as well. It doesn't matter if they get drafted or not, really. If, if teams think somewhat highly of them, they will still sign them. And being signed to a team and being a seventh round pick really does not have much difference. I mean, yeah, it doesn't have much difference in difference in how much the team has stake in you. 
the team doesn't care if you're a seventh round pick or if you're an undrafted free agent, if you can perform. Whereas if you're a you know, fourth round pick, they have more stake in you. Right. At this point, you just have to get on a team. So I'm like, all right, but I want the moment personally. I want the moment of them saying Ladarius Hamilton or Mason Fine's name. I want them to cut to them on the video screen with their families and just being like, yeah, everything like that. That's what I wanted. And so the seventh round comes around. I'm perked up. First off the board, first quarterback off the board in the seventh round, Cole McDonald, Hawaii. I was like, okay, that's I like that actually. That's a good pick. He threw for a ton of yards. He's a big guy. He's got a big arm. Tennessee picked uh, Cole McDonald. I was like, all right, Cowboys come around. And, you know, they, they, they like picking some hometown guys. We, we know that. And this is where it kind of set in for me. And there's 40 picks in the second round. 40 picks in the second in the, in the seventh round. I'm sorry. Because of all the compensatory picks. And it's Ben DiNucci from James Madison. Now, Colin, you saw him in person. Yeah, he he got you benched. were you were there. Yeah, at the championship game. Yeah, he was he was not good, and he got benched. I mean, he the so NDSU has a has a freshman quarterback that won the MVP in their league, and he was just completely outplaying him. So I don't even know how he got drafted. <laughs> I remember looking at top twenty lists, top twenty five lists of quarterbacks, and. I never saw Ben DiNucci's name. I saw Kelly Bryant. I saw uh, uh, Gordon from Washington State. I saw a lot of good quarterbacks on there, and I did not see Ben DiNucci. But he's Ben not DiNucci, a good quarterback. he he got drafted. Congratulations to him. Sixteen games, passed for like three thousand yards. You know, did his thing. He got drafted. So that was the first alarm. I was like, okay, what is going on here? Then nine picks later, the Saints come up. They trade back into the seventh round. And we all we all saw the footage of Mason Fine and Drew Brees working together. Yep. We all saw it. So I, they traded back in, and I sat back up in my chair. And I saw quarterback Tommy Stevens from Mississippi State. <laughs> Was beat out at Penn State. Had to transfer to Mississippi State. Threw for 1,000 yards in his senior season. But he's 6'4", and he can kind of move. So I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe, I guess. Man, you're giving you're that giving, him, makes giving him all the the reasons. Whatever. <laughs> like, uh, okay, sure, I, I'll somewhat understand this, I guess. So, but I'm still flabbergasted. This, I'm like, this can't be happening. So then, Nate Stanley gets picked from Iowa in the 30th pick of the seventh round, and I was like, okay, that's surprising. Not as surprising as the last two, but you know, Nate Stanley is someone that I think teams look at and be like, all right, that could be a backup quarterback. Right. Yeah. Just because he, you know, fits the mold of a Jake Fromm or whatever. Um, all right. So that surprised me. And then the Seahawks trade up, trade back into the draft. And I thought, all right, this is it. If this doesn't happen, it's over. It's not happening. And I don't even remember who they picked. They don't pick a quarterback. And I knew at that moment it was over. And that run of four quarterbacks and the Seahawks trading up. So those five picks in the seventh round are picks that I will never forget, Colin. Yeah, Mason's never going to forget him. So I no, I could not imagine. I couldn't imagine. I could not imagine. But and then to add that, insult to injury. Go ahead. It's 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 nice that Ladarius Hamilton went to the Cowboys, but to add insult to injury, Alex Woodworth. <laughs> 
Yes. We will. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's get into that. So right after the draft, Ladarius Hamilton signs with the Cowboys. Yep. And we're like, awesome. We love it. Ladarius Hamilton. He probably was close to being drafted. Now, if you remember last year and even two years ago after the draft, those undrafted free agents, especially from North Texas, went like hotcakes. Yeah. They were gone. Quick. They were Nate Brooks, Kimon Hall, um, Roderick Young, Jordan Murray. All of them were gone in the first like hour, seemingly. Ladarius Hamilton went, and so I started up on our site, I started up a free agent tracker. I was like, all right, well, I must get ahead of this, so that way I can just boom, 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 lay them out once they come. And no one ever came. That's at this moment, we're recording at 6 p.m. almost on a Sunday, a day, a full day almost after the draft ended. Yep. Alex Woodworth and Ladarius Hamilton are the only two to sign to teams. Alex Woodworth signed to the Texans. Ladarius Hamilton signed to the Dallas Cowboys. Michael Lawrence, Kyrie Muhammad, I t- I've texted them. I've, I've reached out to them, talked to them. Kyrie Muhammad said that he's hoping in the, in the uh, he was hoping for today, but definitely in the next few days he um, has a, he signed somewhere. He said they're in nego- negotiations. Uh, Michael Lawrence, I haven't heard anything from him um, on his situation. And then Mason Fine, I talked to you today and I wrote a story on what he basically told me in a very, very brief conversation um a conversation that i didn't really want to extend anymore because you could tell he how bothered he was in a sense and i don't blame him at all yeah like this has to be the most infuriating thing yeah and it's kind him. of everything's kind of gone against him so i mean he didn't get an fps offer until north texas came along he's five foot he was five foot nine and a quarter at the Shrine Bowl whenever they measured him. Mm-hmm. Then COVID nineteen comes, his pro day gets canceled. He's not invited to the combine. Like everything's just stacking up against him, and it's tough. Yep. And so here we sit. And in the story, Mason's like Mason said that teams want to see him basically in person, which is alarming to me. Um, Why? because of the situation that we're in right now with this pandemic, oh, yeah. it's like. He, they want to see him throw, or they want to see him when all the facilities open back up. But we're we might be two months away from that at earliest. Yeah, like that's very alarming for me. Like I, and the thing is, if you're a team, I don't understand why you need to see him in person, and yet Tommy Stevens, who you know started almost a full season at Mississippi State, was his only film you're perfectly fine with taking him. Like, I understand why. I, and we'll get into this, but I understand why these guys are taken. You don't have to explain to us why they're being taken. Like, you can point to why they're being taken. Yeah. It's because teams want the potential, the higher ceiling of Tommy Stevens, of Ben DiNucci, or both 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and could maybe develop into that um, backup-level quarterback or maybe even a fringe starter quarterback. Mason's ceiling is obviously lower, but his floor is substantially higher than those guys. Yeah, in my opinion, and that's maybe that's just my biased bias showing because I've seen him a lot. But you're talking about a guy who's thrown for twelve thousand yards, and you know what he is. That's why I don't understand why you have to see him to know what he is. Right. If anything, you know what he is. So either just say you're signing him or not signing him. Yeah. Like, don't lead him on here and be like, oh, well, let's see you in a couple months or something like that, or whenever things open back up. Screw that. You know what he is. You've seen him. 
in his sophomore year, his junior year, his senior year, the senior bowl. You know what he is. You've seen uh, clips that he sent you. Like there's, there's nothing you, – you can go through countless interviews with him and you know what kind of person he is here. There's no – it's lazy and I think that it's the wrong thing to do to him to lead him on like this if you're not going to sign him. I think I think it's crazy how much NFL teams are still putting stock into height, like being six four. Like obviously you want a bigger guy. Like I'm not yes. I'm not saying that you don't. But like you said, the what the dude from Mississippi State, I don't remember is Tommy. Is that his name? Uh Tommy Stevens. Tommy Stevens. He threw for eleven hundred yards, like you said. Why does he why does his being six four or however tall he is make him substantially better than Mason when he only threw for eleven hundred yards and wasn't a good quarterback at Mississippi State? And that's, I mean, it's that's just what it comes down to. That's why I think, despite the efforts and despite the success that Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield, et cetera, et cetera, have all had in the NFL, it's going to take a complete overhaul of the NFL before people who are quarterbacks who are under six one even get looked at. What's crazy and, too is I wonder if Mason went to any other conference USA school if he would have been picked. Now that is what I think we'll get into in a second, but, um, but yeah, it's, it is very, it was a jarring thing to see. And um, the fact that he still does not have a team is, is also alarming because like I said, I mean, you saw guys, you saw, it wasn't the hot cake, you know, the people getting signed left and right the way we expected to, but people were getting signed. Yeah. Gordon from Washington <clears throat> state, uh, Jamar Smith from Louisiana tech. Went to the Patriots. Yep. And that was very alarming to me. And now we sit here and teams are like, uh, we don't know what, we, what you are. We don't know if we can trust what we've seen. It's like they even, even though, it's, Well, it's like they'd even watch. That's what I'm concerned about because maybe you're at a certain point where you're like, again, the five nine three quarters thing, when he measured in the senior bowl, I knew it was going to be a red alert a red flag of course it was for Kyler I Murray. knew it was and but I still thought they'd give him a chance yeah at, at least of watching the film and then signing him just to a practice squad because that's what you do you time if Jordan Murray can get signed to a practice club <laughs> Mason Fine can get signed to a damn practice club yep, yep. a practice squad yep. yep and but I feel like once the five nine three quarters three quarters came you just heard the clicking of a pin and that thing scratched through his name. Yeah. Like it was done. And now we're at a point where we're looking at 25 or more quarterbacks getting picked up before Mason fine. And to be frank, a few of them can't hold his jock strap. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand I'm not, again, I've never come on here and I've never been, I've never even written even that column that I wrote, I never said that Mason Fine should get drafted. If I was a team, I probably wouldn't have drafted him either, to be frank. Five, nine, three quarters, you need to prove it to me before I spend draft pick on you. And that, and but I would, I sure as hell would not have drafted Ben DiNucci over him or Tommy Stevens over him. <laughs> right. Like, like that, that's me. I probably wouldn't have taken quarterback this late, anyways, but that's another discussion. But I'm signing him to a squad just because of what I know he can do. Mm -hmm. Like, all these other guys, you don't know what they can do. You know what they you hope they can do. Mace Fine, you know what he can do. Now you know his ceiling might be a little lower, but you know what he can do at the very least. And so that's my only thing is that it's just 
obviously he's frustrated. Obviously, all of North Texas is frustrated. Um, but sometimes life just isn't fair. Yeah. And it sucks. But um, we'll see what happens in the coming days, weeks, months. But, um, yeah, it's it's a tough situation for Mason right now. So uh, we'll, we'll follow up with it. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other undrafted free agents. Uh, Lauren Easley. I believe is 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 looking. Um, I'm trying to think, guys like Darian McMillan, um, other guys as well. But that that's pretty much that's that's mostly it. Um, anything else on Mason before we go to a big picture discussion? Nope, I'm good. All right. So you asked if Mason Fine was on another Conference USA team, would he have gotten drafted? Yes. He. Okay, here's here. It was also kind of not surprising, but it was also pretty damning to watch the Charlotte Alex Highsmith get picked in third round, Charlotte's tackle get picked in the fourth or fifth round, Louisiana Tech, Legarius Need, Amik Robertson. Um, you go down the list of players from Conference USA who were drafted. They had a pretty Conference USA had a pretty good day or weekend, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember how many exactly. I want to say it was ten, roughly somewhere around there, like. They had some dudes picked, and I was like, "All right, FIU had a good showing." Uh, Harrison Bryant from FAU, and North Texas, despite being nine, having back-to-back nine-win seasons, never got a player drafted last year or the year before. Jeffrey Wilson couldn't get drafted. Jalen Guyton couldn't get drafted. Jalen Guyton could not get drafted, and now we're looking at Mason Finley, Darius Hamilton, and being like, and we're asking questions like. If they played at Louisiana Tech, would they have gotten drafted? Yeah. And I don't know how to reply to that. It's Do almost you? like it's almost like scouts they're like, oh, North Tech like North Texas by itself, I feel like everyone thinks it's like the worst FBS school. It just feels like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just because I, I witnessed the Portland State loss or whatever. Yeah. But like you said, sixteen years without a draft pick, maybe there's just some type of stigma around North Texas where they're like guys don't come out of this because because it's crazy because Nate Brooks he played at the end of last season for the Dolphins and he was undrafted Jalen Gutton he played for the Chargers and he didn't get signed till the midseason and yep. it's it's crazy because for guys that are able to do that thing why weren't they picked in like the seventh round or the sixth round because they have they showed that they could at least get on a field in a game and and that that really especially since Jalen Gutton was one of the best receivers in Conference USA when he was here yep now, there's a lot of what ifs that come along to these guys not getting drafted, right? Yeah. They're the first what if um, that I think of, not even talking about the overall season, is Rico Bussy, if he stays healthy, is he drafted? And I think that's a yes, mm-hmm. just because we saw Quez Watkins get drafted in the fifth round. And I'm like, Rico Bussy and Quez Watkins are on the same level at the very least. Yeah. And so that, I was like, damn. Rico Bussy could have gotten drafted like very easily. If he just would have had another a, t- a thousand yard season with 12, 13 touchdown catches, then we're talking about uh, a draftee there. And we're probably talking about, again, get, to get deeper in the what ifs. If he's healthy, this team probably wins six games instead of four, seven games instead of four, mm-hmm. maybe eight games instead of four. Who knows? And. But then again, we're sitting here saying Rico could get drafted. But Jalen didn't get drafted. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like there's more. Rico had back to back. Rico was the best receiver 
Jalen Sr. No, no, I agree. Too. I agree, but I'm saying, I'm saying that year. we're putting in stock as if North Texas is looked at on par with yeah. Louisiana Tech and the other teams. No, it, it is. And it's, it's, it is, I am doing that. And it's a flaw that we are looking at it that way because I don't even know if they're on the same playing field as the Florida schools, even yeah. when it comes to getting draft picks. I mean, you, you go this long without a draft pick and you have a chance to do it. And you, the first mistake, which I want to call it a mistake, but the first fumbling of what could have been is having a four and eight season. Mm-hmm. When you have a four and eight season, you're automatically getting overlooked in any discussion. Like, see, right. We saw this in the, the conference USA um, awards. We saw Jamar Smith went off into player of the year and Mason fine, obviously put up like double his stats. Like it's, it wasn't even close, but that's just how it's associated with winning football is associated with better players. Like that's just the way it goes. Yeah. But, but and, then again, you have teams like uh, the Florida schools FIU specifically, who yeah. who had guys drafted. I mean, every every team had a guy drafted pretty much. I think it was at half the league, basically, like seven yeah. or eight. I mean, I mean, it, I mean, just to put it in another perspective, you had Marshall get a kicker taken in the third round. <laughs> tell me, Trevor Moore wasn't better than him. I think it was the fifth round, but yes, or whatever it was. Yeah, tell me, tell yeah. me, tell me, Trevor Moore wasn't better than him. And Marshall had a safety picked as well. I mean, yeah, in the late late rounds, but still, um, no, it's it is. It is alarming. It is a weird spot that North Texas is in is that the stigma you have, the aura you have around you is kind of just carried. It's like North Texas has become a school that not only in terms of wins is falling short, but in terms of producing NFL level players, the perception is that they're falling short in that as well. Even though they have Jeffrey Wilson, even though they have uh, Zach or Zach or right. Zach Orr. I don't want to get him confused with his brother, but yeah, Zach Orr. Um, even though you have Lance Dunbar, even though you have solid players who come out of here who are probably just on par with a lot of schools, Charlotte, Marshall, barring Randy Moss, but it's like there's no substantial evidence that shows that North Texas is produces significantly worse players than any of these schools who are getting draft picks. So you have to look at it from a perspective of A, it's a stigma, like you said. Like maybe they just don't think of North Texas when they think of players, whether it's right or wrong. Which you have to change if you're Seth Latrell. You have to be in scouts' ears. You have to be in coaches' ears. You have to be in your, all of your connections. You have to be telling them. And that's what, as a good coach at any level, if you're a high school coach, you should be trying to get your guys to college, college pros, et cetera, et cetera. Pros, you set them up for the rest of their life. You always have to think about the future with your players. And I saw a lot on Twitter. This is an indictment on Seth Luttrell and the coaching staff and the entire athletic department. And while I think it was at first, I was like, oh, that's kind of jumping the gun. It's tough to get Mason drafted. But as this time continues to go on, how Seth doesn't have a single connection that could pull one string to get Mason Fine signed to a practice squad. Mm-hmm. I'm not even talking drafted. That is weird. No, I I definitely agree. I mean, it it I I'd, I'd say like you said, it's an indictment on the not just Seth the Trouble, but the whole athletic department. Because when you think about it, we talked about all last year about ex- the exposure of Mason Fine. The six for Heisman campaign was was Mason trying to get more exposure. The Arkansas game it gave him exposure, but he never had that moment against Houston against the Cal. And we talked about that all season about how that's going to affect his perception, and it it shows that it has. But when you think about it too, is you have D two guys getting drafted. 
I mean, the Patriots drafted a, a corner from some D2 <laughs> NA, school in NA, the second NA. round. There was an NAIA guy drafted. Yeah, so yeah. So outside of the perception, which the athletic department could have done, you have NAIA guys getting spot, scouted and found that didn't go to the combine. So they're doing something different that North Texas obviously isn't doing. And it's you thought because Seth obviously has a great relationship with Mason. You'd think that that would be kind of the pinnacle. Like this would be like the most that Seth would try. So yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's interesting. No, it it is. And obviously the wins are just the only thing I think that have slowed him down because you look at the season, 29 touchdowns, the nine interceptions over 3000 yards, et cetera. Again, for a third straight season, Mason fine has, has done it all, but uh, what were you going to say? I even disagree with you there because the 2013 team didn't have anyone drafted. The 20 that bulk team no i know who you're talking about yeah Derek thompson went undrafted to the never broncos See, but that's but then that's that's an entirely different discussion because you're looking at a different coaching staff and a different no, athletic department no but i'm department. saying so you, so one you have you have right i don't think i don't think it's a different discussion because you're saying that north texas of the old 2013 Dan McCartney wasn't able to do that. He wasn't able to get a player drafted. When you bring in Ren Baker and Seth Luttrell and whomever else and you get the new indoor practice facility and everything, you're supposed to be able to change that stigma seven years later. Would them, if they would have won nine games, would they have got a player drafted? Probably. It would have been I think the is I think the answer is yes. And I don't. Yeah, it's it. My it's Ladarius Mason, one of those two, if not both. I think the answer is yes. So I think the only way you can get rid of this stigma is by consistently winning games and winning a bowl game at some point. That'd be helped too. Like, I think that it comes back to what we had way back, way before the season, when you're trying to get Mason find this spotlight. You're trying to get him in the national conversation here. How do you do it? The first step is winning games. Mm-hmm. The second step is all the the ancillary stuff, all of the stuff where you you're putting together a website, you're putting promoting them on uh, Twitter, you're doing this and that. I think it just comes back to winning games, and again, that comes back to Seth Latrell because they didn't win games this past year. But three straight nine win seasons and twelve hundred yards is almost impossible to ignore. twelve thousand yards. Yeah, well, I don't remember what I said, but yes, twelve thousand yards is almost impossible to ignore. And that's why I'm like, his stats I right agree. now are almost impossible to ignore. <laughs> yes, I know they, they were the best numbers of anyone in the draft career-wise. It's just, it's just hard for me to pin it on uh, the athletic department when I know that a nine-win season would have got him drafted or or gotten a person drafted. No, like, it would have broke the streak. No, for sure it would have, but. You can't blame one thing. Like, in the end, it's a collective effort. Of course. And especially course. for a streak that's gone on so long. Like, if this was, like, a four-year streak, a five-year streak, yeah, you could be like, oh, it's a single thing or whatever. But this is a 16-year streak where you have a stigma. So at that point, it's not Seth Luttrell's job. It's the athletic department's job to kind of erase that. Because the North Texas is, is looked at as a liberal arts school who doesn't do anything athletically. Yeah. Uh, I... I, I... It is. It's a tough discussion because I feel like there's blame. Like you said, it's a collective thing here. They should have won more games, right? They should have been promoted more. They should have um, 
I don't even know what else Mason could have done in theory, but, you know, continue to play well and continue to elevate his teammates. Like there, there's enough blame to go around here. And I mean, we haven't even gotten to the discussion about his agent and we don't know anything about his agent and what she's doing or anything like that. She could be doing the best job possible, but it is alarming still. I'm going to go back to this, that Jordan Murray got a call and Mason Fine is having to search for a team to take him. Yeah, I looked up. I actually looked up uh, her clients. Kelly yesterday. Masters is her name. Hmm. Yeah, I looked up her, her clients yesterday, and there was like, like you had Johnny Quinn on there. Mm-hmm. You had, uh, I believe, Zach Orr was on there, but mm-hmm. you didn't have like anybody that is really in the league right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. That that's that that you that you hear about, I guess. There are people that are in the league. It's just yeah. interesting that Mason would have gone. I'm not saying she's a bad agent. I don't want to say this, but yes, I'm saying that that he couldn't have gone with like Jeff's agent or somebody else you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean there's there's so many sports agents out there and i know she's from oklahoma i believe so i mean that's probably reason as well but um yeah i it's like i said there's a blame to go around agents coaches athletic departments players um and then at the end of the day it might just be an unfair bias that teams have against five ten quarterbacks yep so you have to win a heisman to get drafted yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it is very tough. And do you feel like Ladarius should have been drafted, or because I know we're okay with it, how it turned out? Like, well, awesome, well, he's gonna have a perfect Ladarius fine chance. Drafted. Like, I don't put Ladarius and Alex Woodworth on the same level talent wise. Of course. So yeah, of course, I think Ladarius should have been drafted, but so should have a lot of other guys in the past. It's just yeah. Like I like I expected Ladarius to get drafted. But I'm not. But you knew. But I'm not. I'm not surprised that that they didn't. Yeah, but you knew. If not, then he'd get signed to a team right away, which he did. Right. So yeah, and that's the difference here. The different why we're talking about Mason Fine instead of Ladarius is because Ladarius is going to be fine. Yeah, Ladarius, Ladarius is going to be door. on the team. Yeah, Ladarius is, has foot in the door, and Mason is still looking for a foot in the door somehow. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's a crazy situation here. Um, do you see him going to the CFL? I kind of. The thing is, I said this, I said I kind of hope he does, and then I thought, you have to give the NFL a chance. You got to give it two years, at least. Two years after? You got to give it two years from now. Like, so if, see... if the team doesn't sign him for two years? Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I'm saying, if he gets picked up, Oh yeah. and obviously, course. like, as a low-end, like, whatever, like, he's going to have to really, really, really fight for two years just to get a chance at a chance. You give it a couple years just to see if the NFL works out, and then you can go to the CFL. But the, again, there is evidence, I believe. I'll have to look this up, maybe even turn it into a story. Who knows? But that CFL players can return to the NFL. Like it's not like you go to the CFL, you're banished to Canada for the rest of your life. <laughs> what an awful, like, no. what an awful. We thing. saw an XFL get player get drafted. Yeah, like teams are open to drafting good players. You just have to prove it. But again, this comes back to what we said at the beginning. Mason Fine has proved it, proven it. Time is this, and time again. Is this an indictment on Mason almost for like the for Saints, for example? I have the same indictment on myself because I'm short as well. <laughs> but but Continue. so PJ Washington, I believe that was his name. Andrew Luck, he, he was he was the third string for the Colts. He was on the practice squad or whatever. Uh, he told his Andrew Luck told his dad, "Hey, sign in the XFL." He tore up in the XFL and then he got signed to an actual NFL team. Mason's worked out with Drew Brees. Why didn't Drew Brees go like, "Hey, this guy's." able to get picked up you know what i mean i mean no i i maybe he did 
maybe they already had his name crossed out. Maybe he didn't. I mean, we heard about Doug Peterson talking to him on the phone. Mm -hmm. Again, it's just so much stuff has to break right for you that it's just like, it's just a tough situation to be in right now. So that's why um, I can't rule anything out. I mean, maybe Drew Brees did. Maybe Doug Peterson put in a good word. Maybe uh, Russell Wilson was like, hey, this guy's six foot. Let's go draft him. Five, nine, ten. Let's draft him. I, we don't know. So that's why it's just at the end of the day, it comes down to the people drafting him, personnel, GMs, et cetera, et cetera. And life's unfair. Yep. So here we are. Anything else, Colin? No. Before we wrap up this I think I'm all brief right. little podcast. Um, we wish everybody, all of the undrafted free agents from North Texas, the best of luck. Ladarius Hamilton, we know is going to tear it up. Alex Woodworth uh, with the Texans, we'll see how he does. I mean, we he was the best offensive lineman at North Texas the past three years, basically. So, hope he does well. Mason Fine, of course, want him to get, get a spot. Kyrie Muhammad and Mike Law will probably be somewhere soon. Uh, I'll, I'll keep you updated on that. Lauren Easley, Darren McMillan, all y'all. Best of luck. Um, I think that's all we have. So for Colin Mitchell, follow or follow Colin Mitchell on Twitter at CJH Mitchell. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore. Mean Green 24-7 is the Twitter. Just type that in. Uh, then MeanGreen247.com is who we work for. Subscribe to that. There's a 50% off deal on the annual subscriptions right now through Monday. So if you're listening to this on Monday or Sunday, redeem it by Monday and you'll be good. Uh, we have a lot of promos coming up and in and out throughout the, the month. So keep an eye out for all those. Um, check out my story on Mason Fine. Again, I kind of recapped it, but if you want his exact words, you can go click on that. And anything else? Oh, leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. We've kind of got out of that uh, habit, Colin. That's true. We used to we, promote the hell out of that. We have, to, we have to keep promoting that. That's true. Subliminal, we got, subliminal messaging. Yeah, we got kind of uh, satisfied. With our 26 We're ratings. We're hungry. We need to get up to 30. I need that at 30 right now. Go click. If Mason I need gets five drafted, stars. If Mason gets, sorry, if Mason gets signed, they'll make it 50. If Mason gets signed, yes, we'll have a party podcast. A party so. podcast. It'll just be us going, <laughs> so there you yes, go. Mason. You Mason. So anyways, um, yeah, leave us a five-star rating and a review. We'd appreciate it. Um, everybody stay safe, and we'll talk to you later.